Welcome to a very special episode of Screen Fix. Every week we come to you with movie and TV news and reviews and other musings, but this week is something a little bit different, and not just because I, Katie the Lady One, am starting things off, Uh, but no, this week is different. We're going to be wrapping up our picks for 2017, all of our choices on our favorite overall flick of the year, what was our favorite comic book movie, what was the biggest surprise, biggest letdown, and some recommendations to get you through in 2018. So I am Katie the Lady One, starting things off right now, and I'm joined as always by Greg the Mustachio and JC. Yes, joined by JC after the fact, much after the fact, JC had a crashed hard drive. So that's fun times. So I I'm not actually going to be able to respond to the lady one or the mustachio at all during this. I'm recording this after. So I'm going to be like some creeper in the background making comments and jumping in. But uh, yeah, let's have fun. Okay. So I really want to talk about all of our favorites or most memorable movies from this year. And it, Really was hard for me to think of what I had seen this year. We were looking uh, the other day at like the top box office and one of them was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and I honestly didn't even feel like that movie came out this year. It feels like it's <laughs> been forever. Mm-hmm. But um, has, there's yeah. there's been some good, some bad. So um, let's start with what we each consider to be the best movie of the year. So what what's your best overall movie this year, Greg? My best movie is Blade Runner. It's mm. uh, a good one. That, that was for me. Uh, that that did it for me. Nice, nice. Why why you. was that your number one? Well, because I had the highest expectations for it, and I felt like it was going to have to live up to something amazing. You know, being that it's been such a long time since the original, and then visually, I knew it was going to have to stand up to the original, and then also kind of give me something new. And and it did just that. So Brian Gosling's performance in that movie is is amazing. Robin Wright was was just you know astounding. Mm-hmm. And then also with Harrison Ford she was coming just back, all right. <laughs> with those characters kind of just leading the way through this um, movie, and then also Jared Leto coming in as as a uh, kind of villain type character. I felt like that movie. It, it needed to live up to the original, and it did so. And it, it kept me also just intrigued enough to want to know so much more about this little Blade Runner universe. That Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, I feel like it was... I definitely enjoyed that movie, and I do feel like they kind of opened up the world a little bit. Yeah. So for me, my best movie, like the one that I loved the most this year, um, it was Lady Bird. Um I know that it's not going to be for everybody, but just having a movie that feels like it was made for me, that's never going to happen again in my lifetime. So um, I just, I connected with it so much. I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience practically. So um, that was definitely it for me. It had amazing performances. You know, we talked about it not that long ago. Everybody was just really, really on their game. It felt real. It felt authentic. It was just really really good and and i cried my face off so that was that was my uh best overall for for this year for sure 
Well, I'm definitely going to see that movie from what I've heard from you and JC about it. It was playing at the movie theater where Shape of Water was playing, and I wish I could have just done a double (laughs) back-to-back of those two. But you're so dedicated, you had to get into the recording studio. No time for a double feature. Oh, yes. Had to to rush right over to the studio. (laughs) Screen Fix Studios. Double features are for, like, Christmas Day and stuff like that. Yeah. So my top this year was probably... And this is always a weird category because you always feel like you want to pick, I mean, how can you not pick the latest Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Like, how can you not pick Phantom Thread or something that focuses on, you know, the human condition like the Florida Project? And those films are all amazing. They're incredible movies. But I think the film this year that gave me the most the best experience at the movie theater was like the perfect marriage of a lot of things that I really enjoy in a, in a movie, a little bit horrific, a little bit funny, a little bit risque in how it was executed. Like a movie that made this father that brought his teenage daughter to the film, put his hands on his face and shake his head at least three times because he couldn't believe he was sitting next to his daughter and brought her to this movie really good screenplay outstanding visuals and just a nice story Uh, i'm gonna say that my favorite movie this year that i saw was shape of water unlike something like last jedi um all of the jokes in this film all landed they were all perfectly executed and it wasn't just, you know, pop culture jokes thrown in or a uh, quippy little uh, banter between people. It was, it was good situational humor, uh, great lines that were set up uh, for payoffs, uh, which is the, the, the best humor. Plus, just a really great love story that's surprising and strange like someone falling in love with a fish god man is weird um and it could be very campy and odd i mean it could look like creature from the black lagoon it could look like a look like a man in a rubber suit um but instead the special effects were incredible and you believed that this mute woman who feels like she has something wrong with her um and who has been kind of um tossed aside by regular society could um feel something for our fish man fish man god hero um the movie also had a sense of fear there was a there were there were great suspenseful sequences the side characters were excellent and the visuals. I mean, Guillermo del Toro always gives us fantastic visuals. And here he toned them down a bit, but he delivered on just such an excellent uh, 1950s uh, Cold War uh, feeling uh, New York City. And it was it was great. Uh, I really liked that movie because it it gave me the the perfect mix of all of the elements that I wanted in a movie this year. That's that's my feeling right now. I mean that movie is fresh. I just saw it. Um, but there were some really good. There were other films this year that were really really great. 
I mean, I really liked I liked uh, uh, um, Lady Bird a lot to go along with the Lady Wands choice. I thought Lady Bird was was fantastic. I didn't think Lady Bird was groundbreaking in any way. I thought it uh, took the coming of age genre, the uh, outsider, fast talking, almost not to the extent of Diablo Cody, but you know that kind of. Um, uh, quick-witted, almost anti-establishment uh, uh, character uh, coming of age and having to learn her her life lessons. Um, I thought it was just a very well-executed uh, type of film. And, you know, sometimes that is really, really good. Like, sometimes we like, I mean, there's a reason why certain genres uh, exist, and that's because we like those genres, and we like when a, a certain movie comes out in a very familiar uh, genre and it excels it still excels on all levels and that was that um, Blade Runner also f- f- awesome experience at the movie theater this year um, is there anything that uh, Denis uh, Villeneuve can't do in the sci-fi realm and I'm looking forward to everything that he does um, I thought Blade Runner 2049 was, was probably right there in, in my top three probably with um lady bird as well these are like my my top three movies i think we picked well um and yeah shape of water that's mine let's move on lady juan um all right so let's talk about we had a lot of comic book movies this year like a like a ridiculous number but what what was your favorite comic book movie that you saw this year i felt like the movie that was more comic booky that I loved was Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. but the the better movie was Logan. Oh yeah. So if it's a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and it has you know, it can easily just be tied into the Logan character. You are on brand, Mister Criterion Collection. You picked like <laughs> the artsy, serious, fucking violent as hell one. Good oh, call. <laughs> it. It oh my gosh it it was powerful yeah and it, yeah it was, a, it was, it was really a hell good. of an end I didn't think it was going to see that type of you know good ending violent and um, just maniacal with the way that it was you know going so yes I I I choose Logan because I felt like that character it could have just so easily just died off quietly but the fact that they didn't let him do that was even better and that he went out just pounding his chest to kill all the villains he could until the very end yeah awesome it was it was great for me it was spider-man homecoming Ooh, yeah it was i loved that it was just like purely a high school movie um that's something we haven't had in the marvel cinematic universe like obviously we've had superhero movies but i feel like we've had kind of spy movies and um Mm -hmm. you know like big like civil war was almost um or sorry no the winter soldier was sort of like a paul greengrass movie like it was really like gritty and and you know i really feel like there's been every kind of genre touched on that like thor the dark world i don't love it but it's more like mystical and fantastical and this was like our high school movie in america bright colors great jokes like super funny people in it 
Um, really great performances. Obviously, the action sequences are always on point in these movies, but um, Marissa Tomei is like my personal queen. So I loved it. Mm-hmm. That was that was my favorite for this year. That's that's one I would want to watch over and over and over. And Tom Holland does a great job. So cute. Yeah, he's like an adorable Peter Parker. Yeah. So I I loved that one. That yeah. was my my pick. Yeah, that's a really good choice. I have to agree very, with very Lady well Wan here. Um, I also thought Spider-Man Homecoming was the best uh, comic book superhero movie. Um, Logan was good. Logan was very, very good for what it was. Uh, uh, You know, I liked that one more as a drama than a superhero movie, probably. But, you know, for my superhero fix, I just... You know, I loved what Spider-Man Homecoming did for the Spider-Man character. Uh, we all know that it it was on a lull, and that's why Sony agreed to let Marvel take the reins on that while they got distribution rights still. And uh, we saw Marvel knock it out of the park, I thought. Um, I don't watch a lot of these uh, MCU movies over and over and over. But I saw Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, paid, paid, paid my money, gave Sony my money. And then, of course, it comes out on uh, the internet. And I probably watched that movie four more times and showed it to other people. Because it just, it has a youthful exuberance. It was funny. I thought it was very funny. It did just it, it was that sweet spot of humor um not too not too quippy not too over the top not 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 gross out just nice funny high school funny adolescent funny uh without being immature um loved it loved uh, michael keaton as the vulture the villain i mean the scene where he turns around it in the car the scene where uh spider-man peter parker first sees him in the kitchen when he goes to pick up uh, his date um is one of the best scenes i think in any of the mcu films and i really think spider-man i thought the very end fight on the airplane was weak um a lot of these marvel films have weak uh endings you know, uh, this, you know, shaky, uh, incomprehensible fight. Um, but I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was fantastic. And all I want to do is see more of Tom Holland's Peter Parker. All right. I don't see horror movies. Like, I don't. As a rule, I am afraid of everything. Like, if I see a scary movie, it is going to have unintended impacts on my life (laughs) i saw psycho when i was like 12 and i showered with the curtain open for literally five years afterwards (laughs) (laughs) like and i'm not even exaggerating i used to soak my bathroom entirely and my mom would like come in after i had finished she'd be like what did you do in here and i'm like i don't know but i was so afraid that like someone was gonna come in and murder me in the shower that i just showered with the curtain open so that's why i don't see scary movies but i did see get out and even though the Hollywood Foreign Press Association considers that a comedy slash musical, 
that's a horror movie and I what? loved it. I loved it. It was so good. It was well directed, well acted. It was intense, but there was also like the running TSA agent jokes. I, I totally freaked out when it was over because I watched it on an airplane. So when it was over, I was kind of looking around like nobody else knows what I just saw. I was like, ah, I have nobody to talk to. Oh, that's so cool. I, I totally loved it. But that's, that's grain that's, of salt like being that. that like I haven't seen any other horror movies in years. Uh, but but what about you, uh, Greg? What's yeah. your horror movie choice for 2017? Well, I mean, I, and I was looking. They, they're, they're calling 2017 like a year for horror movies being that they've been coming out kind of steadily all year and and getting you know somewhat of a good kind of response but i i haven't been seeing any of those i haven't Amateurs. seen any horror movies other than i saw it that counts so i saw the yeah yeah and i saw it really late like w- way after uh, the halloween kind of time in which it was you know really doing well so i had never seen the original Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people talk about it as being like a really good, like strange um, Stephen King kind of writing, and then also performance uh, by the by the lead uh, the lead actor that's playing mm-hmm. like this Pennywise. Tim Curry. So Tim when Curry. I saw this, I had no idea that the actual story was going to be so strange. But I'm a fan of Stephen King's writings. So w- w- when you get like a movie like Dreamcatcher, mm-hmm. where you have some <laughs> characters that are oh my god that they all know each other yeah and then you kind of like throw in an extra character who they're gonna take in and help and that kind of builds the story i felt like i was watching like a little miniature version of that without aliens now you've got you know a killer alien or a killer clown i should say so yeah i i was very much i really i really liked it mm-hmm I really don't know what else to say about that because <laughs> that's all I really saw. That, that has to be my favorite because it's the only one that I saw. Fair. In, a, in yeah. a similar boat over here. So I watched quite a few horror movies this year. Um, much to my girlfriend's chagrin. Um, I basically just kept showing her pretty weird horror movies. And uh, my favorite actually was a Christmas-themed horror movie called uh better watch out it doesn't have any big stars in it well it does have what's his name um the guy who was in the second season of stranger things who was the hot uh new guy in town with the uh buns in the jeans that the mom was ogling anyway he's in this movie um and also the kid from the village that gets the poopy diaper in his face uh, is, in, is in Better Watch Out. Um, but it doesn't, you know, like a good horror movie, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. And then I was also waiting for a second twist, and I'm like, oh my god, they're not going to do a second twist. This is, we, we, we just got to buckle in and ride this out. I mean, let's just say... The start of the movie, it almost seemed like it was going to be one of those kind of like uh, torture porn kind of movies. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, is there going to be like sexual assault in this or something? It's going to make me really uncomfortable and my girlfriend's never going to let me suggest a movie again. But it doesn't go that way, which is good because I was scared a few times that it was going to, but it doesn't. But it does 
it is it is surprising and there are some pretty there are some scenes in that film that are probably destined to be horror classics like let's just say that there's a riff on a very famous scene from home alone with the paint cans and let's just say that in real life it doesn't do to this guy's head like it does to marv's head in home alone (laughs) so but that was my favorite one probably this year because it freaked me out like i didn't know where this movie was going and what lengths the characters in this movie were going to go to basically it's your like babysitter comes over the house and the person the kid that he's bait that she's babysitting has like a little uh crush on her and doesn't like her boyfriend and things go from there but things don't go um the way that you think that they're going to and check it out that was probably my favorite horror movie this year so we have a category here this this makes us sound very official of biggest surprise and um my answer to this is a little weird so my biggest surprise for 2017 was um the movie the house it was how poorly reviewed it was and how poorly it did at the box office like nobody was on board for the house it was I will ferrell and amy poehler with jason manzoukas nick kroll rob hubel a ton of other oh. super funny people i saw it like the friday night it came out i love the people in it i have a ridiculous crush on jason manzoukas like i had to see it Really? And I loved it. I was laughing out loud in my theater, kicking my feet, dying laughing at the people. Like, Andrea Savage is in it, Lennon Parm's in it, and everybody is so, so funny. And then I came out of it, and then I, like, emerged into this world where everybody's like, that movie sucked, and it didn't make any money. And that was my biggest surprise, is I was like, oh, no, I'm alone in my taste? So, I don't know. (laughs) That was was a... A surprise for me is I thought that was going to be like just some Will Ferrell slam dunk, super successful comedy, and it just wasn't, and that was sad for me. Yeah, well, that's good that it, it pulled through for you. I mean, I still love it. Anybody else thinks? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mine, mine, mine wasn't too much of a of a change away from like the comic book movies. I was surprised to see Thor Ragnarok, like really like do it for me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wasn't expecting that. I hadn't seen uh, the original Thor movies. It's the only like comic book um, movie arc that I haven't really gotten on board mm-hmm. with. And so all the more reason why when I, I just jumped right into this one, I was totally surprised that I just loved it. I laughed so many times during the movie. Yeah. I felt like I was I felt like I was a part of this you know story just from knowing him from Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, pretty much everything that happens in a Thor movie gets, like, written away in some, like, throwaway line of dialogue in the next Marvel movie that comes out after it. So pretty much yeah, nothing yeah. about what happens in Thor movies is important. But this That's one was I good. I hope they don't erase go. it with anything that happens in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Good point. They good will. Because, I mean, like, like you said, it doesn't really need to be mentioned because it's Thor's Thor. Mm-hmm. So by the time he's in the Avengers movie, anything that he's done is just... Oh yeah, he he took care of that. So that one, the, with the fact that the director, uh, Taiki, uh, Watiki. do you know how to pronounce uh, his name? Taika Watiti. Yeah, I, so I I really liked the movies um, that or the movie uh, are what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, 
and and I was so surprised to see that he directed this movie, that he got to voice like this character. Um, Korg. Is it Krok? Korg, maybe? Krog? 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 Yeah. Krog? I don't know. The rock Krog. guy. The guy who's made of rock. Yeah, the rock <laughs> guy. The rock the biter. Zealand, the New Zealand the Kiwi rock story. guy. He was so amazing. Funny. I loved him. Yeah. yeah. So that, that movie took me by surprise. So by the time I walked out of it and I loved it, I was like, he directed that? Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting for the next What We Do in the Shadows. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of those guys. So uh, what... So what we do in the shadows has uh, Jermaine Clement, and it also Ooh. it also has Ryers Darby. Oh, cool! Um, that are uh, they're from like Flight of the Concords. Mm-hmm. So if if they're making a Swearwolves movie, <laughs> I'm I, I can't wait to see it. They so, are making yeah, a so sequel. That, to that, that was my movie. big surprise. And I don't know if the house being miserable, miserably bad, surprised anyone. I don't. Was there anything even in the preview that was funny? I don't I don't remember anything. The thing that's surprising about the house being bad is, yeah, is how good the cast was. It's just amazing how you can get so many talented people into one room on one set and make a dud that nobody cares about. <laughs> it's just, anyway, um, but Thor Ragnarok, I feel like we might have beat that to death on this podcast. Yeah, that's um, that was one of our screen fix ups there um the ragnarok i think is fine um i have my issues with it um i think it suffers a little from the improv from some of the improv stuff and by the pace of the story which is so rapid that just a lot of of the plot elements and the actions that the characters take don't make any sense but um, but I, that said, I did have fun in the theater seeing Thor Ragnarok and it was neat that Disney took a chance and, uh, Disney and Marvel took a chance and let an indie director like Tika Waititi take that. Waititi! Sounds like the sound that the jaw was make. <laughs> but, uh, um, my most surprising film this year and the reason why it was surprising to me was because it wasn't even on my radar to go see. I mean, there's so many big blockbusters out there. You know, there was Guardians 2, there was Wonder Woman, there was, um, you know, Spider-Man, there was Thor Ragnarok, there was Justice League. Like, there's so many big things. And then at the end of the year... Well, there was, of course, and there was Star Wars Last Jedi. But, and then at the end of the year, this little movie snuck in there. It didn't really sneak in because it's another big blockbuster, but it was Jumanji. Jumanji surprised the crap out of me. Like, way to take a concept and twist it and make something new out of it and make something that was that funny and just fun to watch like that was my most like purely joyful experience at the movie at the movie theater this year a good adventure film total escapism jack black steals the whole thing with his uh, you know uh the uh, disinterested self-absorbed millennial 
uh, take. Uh, I just love him. He's like, I just I can't even with this class. He's just, he's so good. When they, when he needs to stare down the snake and they're like, who can, who's good at staring for a long time? I'm amazing at it. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's so good. And the movie genuinely made me laugh. Um, and just was an escape for me. It was fun. I had fun with that movie and I love that it just kind of snuck in at the end of the year in a year with so many big blockbusters that you know tried really hard to make us laugh and make us feel adventure and this one seemed to do it pretty easily the cast was just so good and that was my surprise this year cool all right this is kind of the bummer category to end on but we do things in a weird way here at screen fix so my biggest letdown movie of 2017 was Kong Skull Island. Oh, you're crazy. It was big and messy. And I had and like, high hopes for it. Like, I wasn't expecting an Academy Award nomination kind of movie. I was seeing a movie with a giant monkey. But it was just sloppy and, like, kind of a hot mess. And I was really bummed out about it because I was so ready for this monster verse that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I missed the Cranston Godzilla. I hadn't seen it yet, but going into Kong Skull Island, I was like, when I finish this, I'm going to go watch that Brian Cranston Godzilla movie. And I'm going to go see Mothra. And I'm going to go see Ghidorah. And I'm going to go see (laughs) Rotan. I'm going to see all these movies when they come out because I love those movies from when I was a kid. And I was down for the monster verse. And then the Kong Skull Island was just a bunch of bullshit. And I was like, Oh, that's the kind of thing where, oh, damn it. Okay. So Mm, I was so bummed. Like, it was just amazing. Like, I wasn't asking for much, but it it couldn't even give me what I wanted. So that was definitely the biggest letdown for me for for 2017 movies Kong, Skull Island. Yep. You you picked my exact same one, too. (laughs) What? That's. E2 Mustachio? (laughs) that, That movie was like the standalone movie of of 2017 that I watched. And I was like, did, did I really just waste my time with that? Mm-hmm. Because I know I know that, uh, JC, uh, you you loved this movie. Yes. Um, you, you, like, uh, he, what he told me was it, it just, it, it actually had so much that he wasn't expecting. It has a great soundtrack. Um, so the, the, I guess the the classic rock soundtrack does kind of pull you in and kind of give you this like Vietnam feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but there's still so much that isn't happening and that's kind of taking you into this like you know strange little fantasy Godzilla King Kong world. Mm-hmm. That eh, it's like eh, nope, not not so much. So you guys are nuts. Yeah. That's uh, that was a that was the letdown. Definitely. You guys are nuts. Skong, Skong, Kong, Skong, <laughs> Skong, Island. Um, Kong, Skull Island was a brisk adventure, and it was literally just money shot after money shot. It was gorgeous to look at. A gorgeous monster movie. Like, the whole thing looked like it was filmed using instagram the camera 
the film camera <laughs> like it it was just it was gorgeous the entire thing was just money shots we're talking the movie looked like a graphic novel and i loved that about it and i love that it was an adventure that wasn't afraid to to get weird i'm sorry it's just i i like that movie <laughs> but um my biggest letdown this year was uh Star Wars Last Jedi. I mean, when you anticipate a movie that badly and it seems to fail you on so many levels. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the film that I walked out of this year and thought to myself, wow, that didn't hit any of the pleasure points that I wanted at all. Um, everything from Flying Leia to um, the way that they underutilize some characters, all of Poe and Finn and Rose's side adventures that didn't matter. Just, it, I thought it was disappointing on a, a, a lot of levels. And we have a whole podcast devoted to this. If If you're listening to this, go listen to our Last Jedi Super Special where... I just expound upon this where we all do, but, um, I just thought that that was the movie that I wanted to be a rollicking space adventure. And instead I got, um, uh, fuel problems and, uh, weapons, uh, uh, weapon selling <laughs> like, ar- sorry, uh, arms dealing, and uh, just things that I didn't want in my Star Wars movie at all. Um, it's funny because this that movie gives me a newfound appreciation for The Force Awakens, which I didn't think I liked that much. But now, after I've seen Last Jedi and I go revisit Force Awakens, I tend to like Force Awakens. At least he was trying to give us uh, an uplifting tale and a sense of adventure, a sense of space adventure. Um, and also hit us right in our, you know, tickle our, tickle our Star Wars balls. That's what JJ's doing, and he's going to do it with the next movie too. So let's end it at now with one recommendation for our lovely and patient listeners. Greg, what is some either a movie that's coming out next year that might be kind of under the radar or a TV show you've been watching that not enough people are watching. Uh, What do you want people to get on board with in 2018? Okay. So in 2018, I'm going to go see this uh, Jane Goodall documentary. And Mm. I think like, as far as documentaries goes, this looks like it's just, you know, like jump in, live in, you know, the shoes of this documentarian and, study the chimpanzees with her in the early 60s so i i can't wait to see this this movie yeah i i I hope it actually gets a little bit more groundswell around it you know for say like oscars or anything because it looks it looks like it's you know over a hundred hours of unused footage that's been put together for this movie yeah solid recommendation very very intelligent sounding on brand once again on brand (laughs) um mine is the television show i'm sorry from andrea savage 
Um, it's it's on mm-hmm. True TV. The first season is out already, so it's on demand. You can go binge it. And season two has already been like they've already signed off to renew it for season two. Um, so Andrea Savage is a comedian. She's very very funny. She's in the house if you did see it. Um, so she's playing a version of herself where she's a comedy writer. Her husband is played by Tom Everett Scott from La La Land and That Thing You Do. And her writing partner is, uh, again, we're noticing a trend here, Jason Manzukis, And he's very, very funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, I think so. But the show oh, is he's really funny. so funny and it's very filthy. Um, so you can watch it uncensored on demand, um, just to get the language out there. It's only filthy in terms of language and what they talk about. Um, but it is, it's just their, their lives, the things they run into, um, pretty typical sitcom stuff, but the way they handle it just feels much more honest. You know, it's, it's a little, little dirty, a little dark, um, really, really funny stuff. So I definitely recommend um, checking out the first season on demand of I'm Sorry and then season two sometime in 2018. I don't know the true TV schedule, but uh, that's a good one. You won't you won't be disappointed. And if you are, then like I shouldn't tell you anything to watch because if you don't like that, you won't like a lot <laughs> of things that I like. So I like Jason Mansukas. The the stuff that I've seen him pop up in. I love him uh, with his kind of like you know. <laughs> Yeah. 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 He's he's very, very funny and he's playing sort of a, a a version of himself as well in this where he's he's her comedy writing partner, so he's a comedy writer like he is and um they they play on all the jokes that, that get told about him when he's on his various podcast appearances about like how he's kinda like this dirty old single guy and um it's just, it's really funny. And his, his interaction with Andrea Savage is, is really fun to watch. So definitely check that out. So much coming out this year. Franchises, new and old. Deadpool 2. Jurassic World. Um, and of course, all of our comic book movies. Ant-Man and the Wasp. We have an X-Men Dark Phoenix movie coming out. We've got so many things. But if you want like a 2018 recommendation that... Maybe you're not really thinking about right now. And of course, there's always going to be 10 movies I don't even know exist right now that are going to come out and uh, end up, I'm sure one of them is going to end up my end of the year pick next year, like Shape of Water this year was. But I think one to just look out for for 2018 that might surprise you is Wes Anderson's next stop motion animation venture. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox so much. Uh, if you've never seen it, check it out. It's uh, his stop-motion animation film with George Clooney in the title role of Mr. Fox, uh, and of course, all the a lot of the same voice actors. You know, Bill Murray is one of the voices in it. Jason Schwartzman is one of the voices in it. Angelica Houston, so good. And this one, uh, Isle of Dogs, is about um, the leader of japan puts all of the dog all the dogs in japan on some island because they have something called dog flu but this kid ends up on the island and they they have they are going to help him find his uh beloved dog but uh kind of like fantastic mr fox i'm sure this is going to be a movie that has some visuals for kids but has a pretty adult plot uh some of the 
voice actors in it are Bill Murray, Ed Norton, Brian Cranston, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Tilda Swinton, even Yoko Ono gets in on the act. But uh, check out the trailer for it. It uh, I'm very much anticipating that one in 2018. You know, along with so many other things. But you know, the other ones sound good but i'm not sure about it this one sounds good and i'm sure that i'm going to be in the theater seeing it probably somewhere hoity-toity uh where criterion folks like like mustachio would be yeah and that's going to do it for this episode of screen fix the 2017 review episode um sorry a bit for the the editing again we had a hard drive crash and it was scary and there was panicking and uh but we've figured out a temporary solution uh but we'll be fresh we'll be rocking for 2018 rocking nobody says rocking anymore it was a weird thing to say All right so but um so yeah apologize for any janky editing and uh hope you enjoyed this episode of screen fix our year end even though i'm recording this days later it's morning time it's cold i'm eating bacon yeah bacon so anyway we're gonna let katie take us out with our housekeeping bye rate review and subscribe on various podcast channels we've got stitcher apple podcasts uh, we're on Spotify. You can go to screenfix.libsyn.com and follow us on Twitter at ScreenFixPod. We're out there. We want to hear from you. Email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com. 